Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Kyrie Sane says farewell to WWE, and we speak to former WWE star Mark Capani about Shad Gaspard and their comic book assassin and son. For Tuesday, July the 21st, 2020, this is your Cultaholic Wrestling News. And now Bailey rushing in for the Bailey to Bailey. No, no, no. no. Sane able to counter. So Kyrie Sane's appearance on Monday Night Raw last night looks as if that was her last full stop. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported a few months ago that Kyrie Sane would be leaving the company to move back to Japan to be with her husband, and that looks as if it has now happened. Uh, leaving WWE uh, in a positive way, though. Alex McCarthy on Twitter uh, shared this last night. I've had it confirmed to me that PW Insider's report about today being Kairi Sane's last day with WWE is accurate. She'll head back to Japan, but Kairi leaves on good terms and may work with WWE in other roles down the line. It certainly does feel like this is the end of an era for Kairi Sane. Natalia shared a photo on her Instagram of her and Kairi with simply the caption, Thank you, Kyrie Sane. It does seem strange to have Kyrie go, especially when Asuka has been so involved with the Golden Role Models and being quite prominently placed on Raw, and especially after teasing a Kyrie Sane Asuka dream match for the Raw Women's Championship. I'm hoping that happens down the line because, as we say, they've left on good terms. There's certainly room for returns as and when, but Kairi will move to Japan where she will become an ambassador for WWE there, which uh, may be something that they lean into maybe next year when they continue plans to uh, branch out across the world. But it does bring to the end the era of Kairi Sane in WWE, winner of the May Young Classic, former NXT Women's Champion, just well-rounded performer, a quality in-ring wrestler. And I feel like we didn't get everything we could have got from Kairi Sane. I feel like there were so many dream matches that we didn't get. But hey, look, they've left on good terms, so you never say never. Rollins trying to sacrifice Rey Mysterio. Rey is fighting as hard as he can. The damage right eye is exposed. Trying to drive the previously injured eye back into the steel. It's out. So a mixed bag of reactions from Extreme Rules this past Sunday, not just from fans, but even from those within WWE. Uh, in particular, the Seth Rollins Rey Mysterio eye for an eye match. Now the original plan, reportedly, was to have this match pre-taped so they could add some computer-generated imagery to show Rey Mysterio's eye popping out. Um, PW Insider 
reported that the match was taped on Sunday afternoon. And there were plans to do something with some prosthetic makeup to make it look like Ray's eye had come out. And they, they put makeup in place for this. Um, however, Vince McMahon saw the prosthetic makeup that they did. And according to PW Insider, hated the look of the effect so much that they actually ended up editing out the effects. So you, you, that's why what, what we saw on TV, you couldn't really see like the, the eye coming out of Rey Mysterio's head. What a weird thing to say. Um, but we, we didn't really see anything. You kind of saw a little bit of the eye and then it cut away. We saw Seth Rollins being sick, but we didn't really see the eye being removed. And apparently this is down to Vince McMahon being unhappy with the effect that they put together so it was just cut by Vince McMahon and there is something to be said for not seeing something I mean great horror films are built on that idea that you don't see the bad thing and that makes it worse because then it's in your mind's eye you know a great example not a horror film but the movie Reservoir Dogs where everybody claims that you see a guy get his ear cut off, but when actually you don't. It's it's cut away and you don't see it, but everybody is convinced that it was one of the worst scenes in film because a guy gets his ear cut off, even though you don't see the ear getting cut off. I'm, I'm lending Reservoir Dogs theory to wrestling because 2020 is a hell of a drug, uh, but that explains why we didn't see much in the way of special effects or CGI around that, simply because Vince McMahon hated it. In fact, following Extreme Rules, things within WWE were a bit up in the air yesterday. PW Insider reported uh, that the tapings for Monday Night Raw were quite heavily delayed yesterday. There were plans to record two episodes of Raw, uh, but they started several hours late. And according to PW Insider, this is because the company was reworking all the original plans for the tapings. Uh, there is a belief, according to them, that these rewrites are due to um, some stars being unable to attend the show, so they've had to change some stories around, um, but also possibly due to the the mixed bag of reactions that Extreme Rules got. There were some changes in direction for some of the main storylines. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a real... Extreme Rules divided a lot of people. I think the general consensus was the wrestling was great, but the booking wasn't great. And whether or not they've reacted to that by changing a lot of things around. Um, you, can, you can actually see from last night's Raw that there are uh, a few Extreme Rules rematches being put in place. I don't know how much of this is a response to Extreme Rules, uh, but we know from last night's episode of Raw that Asuka and Sasha Banks will face again for the Raw Women's Championship to determine a, a undisputed Raw Women's Champion. This is following all the shenanigans at the end of their brilliant match on Sunday, which saw Bailey stripping the ref of his shirts, counting the three, there was misbraid. It was just a bit clustered. So the, the plan is they're having a rematch to determine the real women's champion. Uh, this was announced by Stephanie McMahon via video on Raw yesterday. Also, Drew McIntyre is facing Dolph Ziggler next week on Raw, this time in a match where Drew McIntyre will choose the stipulation. And he won't reveal the stipulation until just before the match, same as Dolph Ziggler did. I don't think that was something that's come as a result of a rewrite. 
Uh, I just think that's a continuation of the feud. I thought the Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre stuff, whilst a touch on the overbooked side, I thought the match itself was actually very good, personally. Uh, but those are two big matches happening on Raw next week. These could also be down to ratings. It's another way to, to, to try and get more eyes on Monday Night Raw in a, sh a show that just seems to um, be having more bad days than good lately when it comes to the, the viewing figures. So something like this, bigging up next week's Raw with two title matches, could be something that turns the tide. I genuinely hope that it is. We thought we would be seeing a bar fight at the horror show at Extreme Rules. We went so far as to predict the result of it on the predictions video at the Cult Arlet YouTube channel. That didn't happen, but it is taking place. During a commercial break on Raw last night, WWE revealed that Jeff Hardy and Sheamus will face each other in a bar fight this Friday night and expect some cinematic wrestling on a Friday night from those two. Lots of people questioning whether uh, this storyline is doing anything to damage the, the reputation of Jeff Hardy, sort of bringing up all those demons that Jeff Hardy has. I think if you remove that, they could have a fun cinematic match in a bar. The New York Post has reported Ric Flair was spotted in public without wearing a face mask. And the, the issue here is that whilst Ric Flair doesn't have COVID-19, he has revealed that his wife does. Um, New York Post basically put out this, uh, this photo that showed Ric Flair in his car not wearing a face mask. And uh, they hinted that Ric Flair may have tested positive for COVID. Ric Flair responded to this by saying, that is absolutely incorrect. My wife does have the virus. We live in a 5,000 square foot home. I live in the basement. She lives upstairs on the third floor and she got sick. Ric Flair has been present at WWE TV tapings lately as part of Randy Orton's uh, big story with Edge and Christian and the big show. And um, it's, it's a concern that even though he's saying we live in this big home, I think if you surely, if you share any sized home with somebody that has COVID, you should be isolating with them. AEW have announced the lineup for today's episode of Dark, and it includes former NXT star Tino Sabatelli, uh, who was released from the WWE back in April. He's now going under the name of Sabby, and he's going to team with Brady Pierce tonight to face best friends. It's a massive card for Dark tonight, actually. We'll get to it in just a second. Uh, but Tino Sabatelli, a former pro footballer before joining WWE, he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Cleveland Browns, and Kansas City Chiefs. He was signed back in 2014, formed a tag team with Riddick Moss in 16. Um, when Moss got called up, it kind of put the writing on the wall for, for Sabatelli. And consequently, he was released back in April. But it's, was, it's good to see him doing stuff in and around AEW. And he's part of a massive lineup of Dark tonight. Killing King versus Diamante is happening. Uh, Scorpio Sky and Aaron Solo going one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, the AEW Women's Champion, Hikaru Shida, is facing one of my new favorites, uh, Rache Chanel. Uh, Peter Avalon and Brandon Cutler face The Butcher and The Blade. Kip Sabian is facing Corey Hollis. Uh, Ricky Starks in action against Will Hobbs. Darby Allen back in the ring facing Robert Anthony and of course the aforementioned Savvy and Brady Pierce taking on best friends tonight. 
Another star released from WWE back in April has made some murmurings to their next movements. Uh, Mike and Maria Kanellis uh, were on Ring of Honor's podcast, ROH Strong, talking about their release from WWE and talking about how much they love their time in Ring of Honor. Um, it was also in this podcast where it was sort of hinted, suggested, and possibly teased that they may make their way back there. Uh, the 90-day no-compete is now up, so Mike and Maria can go as and where they want to. Another update on Mike Kanellis. He revealed online that contrary to popular belief, WWE did not pay for his rehabilitation during his WWE run. From Twitter, in a response to a tweet now deleted, Canales said, I never went to rehab. My wife was my rehab. I recovered on the road. They never paid for my rehab. They also never reached out to me once. Not a single person in management ever contacted me to see if I needed help or if I was doing okay in my recovery. All the credit goes to my wife. Chris Jericho has shared the original plans for his segment last Wednesday with Orange Cassidy. This is the one that saw Orange Cassidy call for orange juice to fall from the ceiling onto the inner circle. Jericho on his YouTube channel said, I originally wanted to come into the venue in an orange juice truck, kind of like her angle did with the milk truck or whatever it may be. He wanted Orange Cassidy to come into the venue driving an orange juice truck. But if you see at Daly's Place, whenever you have cars come in, Cody tried to drive it in that one time, and now you have FTR driving in, and you can only get a certain area that you have to stop, so you couldn't get a whole orange juice truck in, even if there was such a thing. But I'm sure we could have made one, and he would have sprayed orange juice on us. So I thought, well, that's not going to happen. What about an orange juice bath? And he references like Gangrel and the blood baths from the WWF Attitude days. I had the idea a few weeks ago and our great team at AEW, the amazing machinists and prop guys. You never know because outside there's a breeze and you've got to stand in the right spot or whatever, he said. And there's actually a little bit of a mistake with the X marks the spot place where I was supposed to stand. So I would just have to kind of guess before we're in there earlier that day. So Chris Jericho, uh, you can watch the whole video for yourself. He talks, he talks very passionately about the stuff he's doing with Orange. Cassidy he has said that it's some of uh, it's one of his favorite opponents of all time and I hope they get to do more stuff together here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, Assassin and Son is a comic book that was written by the late shad gaspard alongside mark kapani who you may remember as former wwe star muhammad hassan now in the wake of the passing of shad gaspard they're doing something very special with assassin and son and i had a chat with mark kapani all about it mark you're currently the principal of fulton jr uh, how's everything been during these unprecedented times we've lived in it's it's been challenging it's been busy um there is nothing created for a global pandemic in the uh, administrator's handbook so everything that's been happening we've been creating um as an administrative and as a team and as a building with my teachers and community members parents and even students trying to figure out exactly what the best way is to teach and learn in this environment but it's been challenging because there's just nothing, there's no systems, there's no blueprint for it. So everything we have to create and monitor and, and adjust. And, um, you know, right now we're, we're looking to start up school in some capacity in September and we're trying to figure out the safest way to do that. I mean, that's our number one priority is the safety of our students, but it is challenging to think about bringing, I have a, a building at the junior high school of about 500 kids. It's challenging to think about bringing 500 kids into the building, um, and maintain social distance and, and you know, PPE and, and making sure that everybody is safe and learning and there aren't any distractions. It's, it's an overwhelming prospect right now, but um, we will figure out a way to do it and we will figure out a way to, to teach kids. And, and I think we're all going to get through this. It's just, a, it's surreal, man. These are crazy times we're living in right now. And it, what's funny is when you think back to sort of 2005 if somebody had said to you oh by the way in 15 years you'll be the principal of a high school during uh, a global pandemic you <laughs> you couldn't have called that surely i don't think anybody could have called that um yeah but I, i'm glad i am where i am but uh, yeah you're absolutely right it would have been it, it would have it would have been a complete surprise to me 15 years ago what led you to becoming a principal um, well, a few things. I, I had, after wrestling, um, I had spent some time in Los Angeles and I had worked on various like screenplays, small productions, which I really enjoyed. I uh, didn't really have the level of success that I wanted. One thing that I was always passionate about um, ever since I was in high school and even my, and when I went to college uh, was history. Um, loved discussing history. I had a few friends, believe it or not, who I actually would talk about history. Like that was our, that our conversations would focus on, you know, um, histories of different civilizations and, and how it intertwined into modern society. And long story short, when I thought about something that I wanted to do as a new career, um, teaching history was high on my list. And so I moved back to New York and I went through a teaching program, which took me two years um, to be a history teacher. I spent five years teaching history. Uh, and in the time in that process, I got um, my administrative degree, my master's degree, my administrative degree, um, and got a job as an assistant principal for four years. And then I was uh, appointed as the principal at the junior high school. So I was the assistant principal at the high school, and then I am now the principal of the junior high school. It's been quite the journey by the sounds of it. 
It's been 10 years. I think a lot of people seem to think that I just kind of rolled out of the ring and into the classroom. Um, but it is, I've been in education for a decade now. So it's, it's been a 10 year journey for me to get to where I am. Uh, it's that you say, you say, as you say, you took time when you left wrestling to, to look at other things and, and explore other uh, avenues in your life. And obviously teaching is doing some amazing things for you. But it was in uh, 2011, you and Shad Gaspard came together to work on Assassin and Son. But um, to start with, um, can you remember the first time that you and Shad met? We met in OBW almost 20 years ago. Um, I had started out in the Saturday class, which was a class you paid for before I was invited to work out with the WWE wrestlers in their weekly class, their daily class. Um, I had met Shad. He had moved from, I think, Atlanta. He was on Tough Enough. Um, he was a contestant on Tough Enough, or he tried out for Tough Enough. He was in the same season as Matt Morgan, um, and it was recommended to him to move to Louisville. Um, so when I met, he was now in the Saturday class that I had graduated from, so to speak. Um, and we hit it off right away. And it wasn't long before he was into the daily class as well. Um, but that was the first time I met him. And he, he worked at a bar. Um, he was a bouncer at a bar that we, we would all go to and then we would hang out. He actually lived in the same apartment complex or in the area that me and a bunch of the other boys lived in. Um, so we would all hang out together. This was about 2003, 2004, around then. When did the idea first uh, come to light that you guys could collaborate on a comic book? Uh, 2007, I was off the road. Shad was on the road. Shad, um, Shad and I had talked about writing screenplays before, so that's how he knew. And we stayed in touch after I left the WWE, so he knew that that's what I was doing, that I was writing and rewriting screenplays, writing original screenplays and rewriting them for small production companies. So he had brought a a framework for a screenplay to me in 2007 um, called Path of Vengeance. And it's a, it's based on a movie that he really enjoyed that I had never seen called Lone Wolf and Cub. It's an old Japanese movie. Um, and then we started working on it together, just bouncing ideas off of each other of, of how we're going to change this movie to be more modern, um, a black hero in a multicultural city like New York. What would that look like? Um, so Shad left that with me and I spent about a year myself working on it and I would send him drafts of the screenplay um, and we would be talking, you know, one, two, three o'clock in the morning whenever he had time, um, whenever we both had time uh, until we finally nailed what we, we thought for the screenplay. I think that was 2008. Um, the screenplay got picked up a little, it got polished um, by an agency, it got shopped around. And it never really went anywhere. Um, and, and I don't know why it didn't. Um, I think it's a great story. It's it's a it's a revenge story. We called it an urban western. It's kind of like you know, picture Clint Eastwood in the city, um, where you have just this badass character that you know goes around kicking ass, taking names. But then there's such an underlying story of redemption and biblical redemption, um, and wanting to set your your son on a different path and and wanting to do good because you know you've done nothing but bad in your life. And so um, it was a great story, but like I said, it didn't really go anywhere. Multicultural, we, we, we wanted it to honor New York City. It's a black hero. You have white, you have Arab, you have Latino, you have Asian, you have gay, you have all members. Um, you know, We wanted everyone represented positively in this book. And so um, come 2011, 
I moved back home and I'm going to school like we had talked about uh, full time and I'm also working nights at UPS because I didn't make that much money in wrestling, not enough to support me for 10 years uh, to pay the bills and Shad gets a hold of me and he's got this idea that he wants to turn this into a graphic novel, which I thought was an amazing idea because I thought it, would, it, it very much is kind of like um, kind of like Sin City-ish, you know, kind of that noir, kind of dark, gritty feeling to it. And so I didn't have time to do it, but um, but I know Shed well enough to know that he would have done anything for me. And so even though I was working and going to school 16, 18 hours a day doing homework, um, I, I him and I worked to turn the screenplay into a graphic novel. Um, and once we had done that, it took us about a year. I think it was 2012. Shad actually went and on his own, he produced this book. Um, he got the artists, he got Edward Messias um, he, to draw it, and he got the colorist and the letterist. He got these amazing artists to actually produce a book. Um, and so this book got picked up, and it got a very limited release, and it, it, it didn't really get the production that we wanted. And so it wasn't until last year um, that Chad, who is always marketing and always selling, uh, pitched this idea to Scout Comics, who picked it up. And so Scout was set to release this book in April. They had a very high um, pre-sales and COVID happened. So we delayed the release. And then as, as everybody knows, um, we lost Shad in May. And so uh, Scout Comics created this tremendous tribute cover of the first book. Book one tribute edition is available right now on scoutcomics.com. Um, you can purchase your tribute edition of book one and all the proceeds go to benefit Shad's family. And then the original series book one will be released in November and volume one, which will be the first hundred pages of the story uh, will be out officially in March. So that'll be out in comic book stores starting November, but you can get your tribute edition. It's just an amazing cover. They did an excellent job. The artists at scout um, and you can get that at scoutcomics.com. It's it's a, it's an amazing thing they've done. I'm looking at the cover of it right now, and it is it's it's a it's a stunning uh, tribute edition. And as you say, it goes to support uh, Shad Gaspard's family. Uh, how does it feel having that as a legacy that you and Shad will share forever? I'm very proud of it. Um, uh, Shad was a tremendous human being. He was a great friend. Um, I, I I don't think there I have any friends um, that I would have trusted as much as I trusted Shad. And so to be a part of this legacy, to be able to help in any way, uh, Shad was a hero, um, always was a hero. He, he didn't, you know, everything that he did up until that point, he was heroic. He was like Superman, you know, and, and he was, like I said, a great friend, a great man, extremely talented, a prolific writer, an excellent father. Um, and, and, you know, he was a role model and he was one of mine. So, to be able to be a part of this, I am honored and I, I am very blessed and fortunate that I'll always have these memories of him and I working on this book late into the night, fighting over every word. I mean, we drove each other nuts about it, but we were like brothers, man, because after that, we would laugh at each other. He usually would laugh at me, like how mad he made me, because I get hot when I get mad. And Chad would laugh at me at how mad I got, and we'd, we'd move forward, man. And it, those memories are some of my best memories of, of how much fun I had working on this project with him both times when we wrote the screenplay and when we turned it into the graphic novel. I just loved working with him. He was so talented and smart and funny and um, just a great, great human being. Let's push it uh, one more time. Where can people get Assassin and Son? 
Right now, the only way to, way to get this uh, variant cover, the special edition tribute, the, the legend cover, is at scoutcomics.com. Amazing. Uh, there's a link to the uh, – that will take you directly uh, to the item. You can stick it straight in your cart. It'll be in the Cultaholic um, podcast feed. Uh, notes you can check it out there mark thank you so much uh, for coming on and and sharing this story and nothing but love uh to you and best of luck with 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 the comic and the release in november as well thank you so much thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it at cultaholic.com right now check out five gimmick matches that wwe needs to bring back there was two in there that i that genuinely made me realize we need to see that again, please, and thank you. On the Cultaholic podcast feed today, a brand new episode of the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review. Matthew, Greg, and I are plowing through every single episode of Smackdown from the very beginning uh, until the bitter end, which may be never at this rate. Uh, But we've just watched WrestleMania 2000. It's the fallout from Mania 2000. We'll be talking about it later on the Cultaholic podcast feed. On the Cultaholic YouTube channel, it is Tuesday. You know what that means. It is Raw graded with myself. Uh, it is uh, AEW, it's the WTF moments rather, not the AEWTF moments, the WTF moments from Monday Night Raw with Ross as well. All the weird and wonderful stuff that took place on Monday night, Ross has got you covered later on today at youtube.com forward slash Cultaholic. I will speak to you tomorrow. Don't forget to join us. Love you, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 